Salut tout le monde. Hey everybody. I'm happy to be with you. I'm happy that you're here with us. I can't believe everyone stayed up to watch this, including my good buddy, Patrick Bexel. Uh, Patrick, how's it going, buddy? Yeah, I'm hiding in the closet in order to wake the missus up. But uh, yeah, it's it's fine. I I didn't stay up. I, I woke up at three. So, you know. <laughs> well, what time is it right now? Um, 5.50. Okay. so And gonna... uh, it's 9 nil for Canucks still. So, you know, they haven't scored in about five minutes. <laughs> They're going to have to come up with a mercy rule for the San Jose Sharks. eh? Uh, the good news for them is that Cole Eiserman and uh, Macklin Celebrini look like very good players. All right. So we're going to get into it in just a moment. That was a weird one. The Habs started strong, um, faded down the stretch. Coyotes won. I am your host, Marc Dumont. I am here for the last time this week. I'm actually heading to Ontario. I'm going to go surprise my godson for his birthday this weekend. So Andrew's going to take over for a few days. In the meantime, I just want to say to all you crazy people that are still up, why? <laughs> I'm contractually obliged to do this. But uh, hey, no, really, we really appreciate and it. And Mark is my old boss. So, you know, I had to as well. Well, that's the other fun part here is that... Uh, Patrick's one of my favorite people, not just we get along well as colleagues, but he's also a really good person. So we're going to get into that in just a moment. Um, it's time to figure out the Uri Slavkovsky issue. And let's be perfectly honest. It, it's no longer uh, a question of whether he should be going to Laval. It's when he'll be going. But we'll get into that in just a moment. We can talk about uh, some of the highlights from tonight, including Brennan Gallagher is, is, is back on one. Brennan Gallagher is doing great. So it's fantastic to hear him. All right. So. Oh, hey, look at that. Am I, I'm lagging a little bit. Anyways, do me a favor, like the chat, subscribe, and then Andrew won't yell at me. And I do thank everyone, including Hi Claire, that has been into the, uh, that jumped into these games, these late games. Like Trizak mentions, keep getting suckered into watching these late games. Hey, that's what we're here for. So Patrick, what's the first thing? First of all, actually, sorry, congratulations. You just got married. Yeah, thank you, thank you. Well, it's two weeks now. It's it's uh, it's great. Uh, we were actually supposed to get married in Montreal. Uh, COVID happened, and then I realized how much paperwork it is for a foreigner to to get married in Canada. Uh, so we, in the end, we we just ran down to the uh, mayor's office and and got it sorted in about ten minutes. <laughs> did, does she know that's it? She she that was her last chance to get away from you. Yeah, I th I think she did. Uh, I, I think you know. Unfortunately for her, I was interviewing Max Boleyn for, for an Autumn Engstrom. That's a defensive coach in Rugler. Uh, okay. For an Autumn Engstrom uh, set that comes out over the weekend. but uh, And he's commuting more or less the same way as she did. And I was like, no, no, no. You're too young, too handsome, and too smart for, for, for her to commute with you. Because she's going to leave me in a second. <laughs> <laughs> wise man, wise man. That's why you put a ring. Okay, I see I'm getting some lag again. I do apologize for that. It's okay. My audio will be fine, but the video will be a little bit laggy. All right, so let's jump right into it. Um, as Scores mentions in the chat here, very evident that the rebuild's far from over. Of course not. And this is a good reminder. Hey, listen, it's fun to watch the Habs. They have good vibes, but let's be perfectly honest. There's still a lot of holes missing. Uh, or sorry, there's still a lot of holes in the lineup. I think what we're seeing right now from the third line is absolutely amazing with Sean Monaghan, Tanner Pearson, Brendan Gallagher, but that second line is a mess. You know when when uh, Creed spills the, the chili in the office? That's exactly how that second line plays. They're spilling chili absolutely everywhere. Anyhow, and I don't think it's a shame to send him to, to, to Laval either. What's your take on the whole situation? I don't want to speak for you, Patrick. Let me know what you think about Slavkovsky. I, I think I've been ardent... Uh speaker about he should have been in AHL last year already 
Um, and and I think, you know, confidence-wise, we saw it um, with Cooley now, and I think it was the first intermission where they spoke with the, the Arizona GM, was it? Yeah. Um, and and uh, he was saying, you know, we take our time, we see what's working best, we set them up for success. And it's being mentioned in the comments on Twitter as well, or X or whatever it's called next week. Uh, but but um, it doesn't feel like Montreal is setting Slavkovsky up for, no. for success. And I think it's part is that, you know, he's drafted first overall, he has to play in the NHL. No, he doesn't. You saw it the year before with Owen Power. You know, yeah. he went back to NCAA, performed well, got back into to, to camp, came out swinging, Cooley as well. You know, I can see this. You know, you, you see it with um, and as well. You, you get this opportunity, you set them up for success. And I don't know if it's PR. I don't know if it's uh, the peer pressure in, in Montreal from media, from fans, and, and from, from maybe uh, the, the lack of success over the last decades yeah well easily decades yeah that might that's a big part of it well and here's the thing though i don't think i don't believe that Ken Hughes gives a crap what anyone says about Slavkowski, which is why i'm surprised he hasn't given him the assignment yet but there's two things that can happen here in my mind either a you put him on that top line right because he's mm-hmm. the only one who hasn't gotten an audition there yet he's like or b you kind of like they did with Philip Michal, you bite the bullet and you say, hey, listen, like we're going to find you a situation with minutes and it's not going to be in the NHL. Right now, Josh Anderson's and Alex Newhook and Slavkovsky have the least chemistry I've ever seen between three players on the ice. And it's just, it's so detrimental for, for not just the development of your ice Slavkovsky. Alex Newhook's being held back. Josh Anderson's being held back. So... I'm, I, I I'm confused the... with what they're doing. I Honestly, I feel a little like they're disappointing right now, the Habs, what they've done with Slavkovsky. I can see them uh, not wanting to put Slavkovsky on that first line because oh. if it doesn't work out, it's going to scream, you know, failure. I know, but... So, yeah, I know, but I'm saying, like, I can see that angle. You know, I'm playing David Sadvikat here, but I can see that happening. But then you bite the bullet and you send him to AHL. And you start having chemistry with, you know, there's certain Joshua Roy there. There is a, I don't know, a leadership guy who's very old, 25, uh, you know, Anderson. He's he's first early first round pick, has gone through the motions as well, knows what it takes. You know, you can learn from these people. Yeah. And 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 you benefit from that. And you make sure to tell who did that, you know, this guy, he plays 25 minutes a night. We don't give a damn. You just play him 25 minutes a night on the first line on power plays and whatnot. Just do it. No, absolutely. I agree. And it's in the sense that I understand what you're saying about putting him on the top line if he doesn't produce. But hey, like what is there left to lose at this point, right? Because he's not producing on that second line. And as someone just mentioned in the chat, the second line is the third line, if we're being perfectly honest. So it's a little disconcerting that you have... a guy, and like a, line that, a bunch of old for, guys are outplaying the young guys, right? It's it's a little yeah. little bit of an issue. Are you holding him back just because you know he had chemistry with Doc, but you can't hold him back for a year? No, no, absolutely. And there's no such thing as being pot committed when it comes to the Montreal Canadiens situation with Slavkovsky. Again, I get what they might be thinking, but 
even just some jokes from Leafs fans who seem to be as interested in Slavkovsky as Habs fans are, that's worth it to put his development back on track, right? So, like, it's yeah. not... We, we have to remember, he's still one of the youngest guys in the league. He's still the youngest guy in the lineup. He, he couldn't even go out gambling with the guys in Vegas. He's 19 years old, so it's... I, I would suggest that it's not too late to put him back on the right track, but every extra game... You're veering further and further away from, uh, you know, getting him on that track. And you know as well as I do, Patrick, he's he's the player with the most confidence in the world. But right now, he's playing with no confidence. Yeah, and and it's it's so different from what you saw in the Olympics or what you saw. This is equivalent of, of how he played that first half year or half season before the Olympics in in, in TPS. Mm-hmm. because he was playing without confidence and he was moved up and down between the teams, which is easy. Well, it's similarly easy nowadays with, with Laval, but you, you don't have to send them across country. But, you know, they're in the same city. You can play him in the under-20s. You can play him in the top league. Yeah. And 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 then he goes to, to, um, to the Olympics. He has a fantastic tournament. He was supposed to play on the third line. He was supposed to play on the second line, and he got moved up to the second uh, to the first line. He he won the MVP. Uh, you know, it was the same in, in in the World Championships, and and even in Liga, um, which I don't rate that high anymore for, for for different reasons. But you 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 have that opportunity, and you know, make sure you know Laval is. He doesn't even have to move out of his flat, right? He I can mean, just grab the metro. <laughs> yeah. Or, or, or he has a driving license, so, you know, he can probably yeah. drive over there. Well, I just feel like right now... <laughs> well, it's... you don't drive in Montreal, that's true. No, I, no I, I don't drive. I take the metro everywhere. I have a, I have a, a million-dollar train that brings me everywhere. It costs about three twenty-five to go. I, I would say the biggest issue right now is that um, it, it feels like you're just forcing the situation, right? And... I understand why Martin Saint Louis doesn't want to necessarily put him on that top line. It's not. I don't think it's that uh, he's afraid he'll fail. It's that Saint Louis doesn't trust him in in important times, right? So if you put him on that top line and you're going to pull him off anytime it's it's a crucial game gameplay situation, there's no point in him being there, right? So I feel like Martin Saint Louis kind of got forced into a situation where he probably shouldn't be, and uh, yeah. I, I I don't think we can even say Slavkovsky deserves more ice time. That's the other part. But all this to say, the Canadians have such a long history of, of, of rushing players to the NHL. It's never too late to slow it down. It's never too late to slow it down. Let's... And that's why you get paid the big bucks as a GM, you know? You'd make the tough decisions. Well, yeah, no, you exactly. Take it out of the coach. You take it out of the coach's hand. You say, this is what I'm going to do. This is what's best for the, for the club long term. Yeah, absolutely. Now, some people have mentioned the possibility of sending Slavkovsky to Europe. Um, he could go back no. to the Slovakian league, but tell me why there's very little odds he'd end up with a team in Sweden or Finland or Switzerland. It's it's too late for that, right? I, I, I think Switzerland is probably one that where he could probably where he could go mm-hmm. uh, close to home. Uh, they have uh, changed their import rules. Oh, they so did. They got four import. Yeah, they got six import players rather than four nowadays. Oh. Uh, so that creates a, a little bit more space. You know, they're not to drag this into politics, but you know, KHL and and players leaving opened up for for Swiss clubs to make that push to increase the foreign players. Um, it's it's really interesting, and I could see him go there. Um, there would be teams to that you know um, 
PR-wise, it would make sense for them to just take him on no matter what. Yeah. Uh, they pray him, obviously. The problem is there is no NHL rinks in Switzerland. Everyone is Olympic-sized. So that that would be, you know, one of the things you don't want to. Um, Finland is hybridized. Uh, the Finnish league is ranked below uh, National Liga nowadays. So, you know, I, I, I wouldn't send him there. And uh, the Swedish league, no. Uh, SHL. I think most teams are set. Yeah. Or there, there are a couple of, and there is always fluctuation in the in in Switzerland, but there are rarely fluctuations in in SHL in that regard. When you bring in such a high stake player, and you don't know how it works, and you've seen a lot of, and this is the other thing, you've seen players coming from from Liga into SHL, and they haven't performed to that level that you sort of expect them to. Uh, one of them is obviously Adam Engstrom's uh, partner, or two of them are. Uh, but, but you know, you you see this, and and you think you don't want to become Slavkovsky to become there, and it would probably be a. It would be good for him to go to to league to to National League, I think. But I think it would be better for him to go to the AHL. Yeah, well, it's it's because it's gotten to the point. I'm reading some of the comments in the chat here. Um, People are saying it's a wasted pick. And listen, I think it's probably too early to say that. But it's also fair to say that it probably wasn't the best pick combined with the development plan, right? So I think you need a reset. Exactly. It's, it's, if, if, you, if you pick him, you need to make sure that he gets the right opportunity to develop. And, and this, is where, this is the problem. And also, I, I think, you know, I, I wrote it in, in the EO2P Slack chat. Uh, during the game, in order to keep awake as well. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I, I wrote it like, because the commentary was like, oh, I think it was Anderson coming down the right wing at the end, and, and he put it in for Slavkovsky. Yeah, he put it in a meter behind. You mean and, Anderson's and soft hands? Slav- <laughs> yeah, and, and that's not on Slavkovsky, you know? Uh, and then the other way, uh, a minute later, I think it was, same kind of pass, Oh, it went behind Cowfield or Suzuki or whoever it was. And I was like, there you had an explanation. So it's also the commentary and it's also sort of okay to bash a little bit on Slavkovsky right now and bash. Yeah. That doesn't help, no, you know? No, and no, and no. it doesn't help the causal uh, fans or, or, or even hardcore fans that doesn't pick up on it. No, absolutely not. And it's to me, the crazy part is that I feel like Kent Hughes and Jeff Gordon said all the right stuff when they drafted him. And then they just, mm-hmm. they're like, this is going to be long-term project, you know, it's going to take time. And yeah. then boom, right away, you know, out of the frying pan into the fire. Okay. Let's talk about something instead. That's a little more fun. And again, look, we have 60 people in the chat. Thank you so much for being with us. It's 1 AM over here. It's about 6 AM where uh, Patrick is. So we really do appreciate all you spending your time here, especially after that kind of a stinker of a game, but there was some good, What's going on with Sean Monahan, buddy? Sean Monahan might be becoming the next Kirby Doc, if that doesn't sound too crazy. Well, uh, he would be the father of Kirby yeah, Doc. Yeah, right? he'd, he'd be. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, he's doing essentially he's he's fulfilling the same role as yeah. Kirby Doc. No, did. no, no, definitely. And, and as someone and mentioned in the chat, that third line is the second line. Let's be honest. Yeah, because the second line isn't clicking, and you don't move it around, and and, and all that. It, it would be interesting to... You don't want to break up a line that works, especially not when one line doesn't work. No. Uh, but but it would be interesting to see how Monaghan could, could play with Slavkovsky, maybe, you know, 
put in with Gallagher and Monaghan and, and see what happens there uh, in order for give him that you know presence of you know Anderson doesn't have the best confidence right now either I mean he's still driving the net though but I've never seen a guy like today I took a few notes I'm like hey they're driving the net that's good Anderson drives the net yeah. Suzuki drives the net Yulunen yeah. right off the bat drives the net yeah Anderson's the only guy that's had 12 high danger chances without taking a shot this year. Like, I don't know what's going on, but he, he can't seem to get that final, you know, final. And, and then Newhook, uh, you know, put him up with Gallagher and, and uh, or with Suzuki and, and Caulfield sure. and just don't let him play center. And I think you nailed it on the, 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 you hit the nail on the head there. Everyone's saying it's Anderson's fault on that second line. I will say it's because Alex Newhook's in over his head in terms of being a centerman. It's a draw experiment again. Yeah. yeah. He doesn't As create time and space for his teammates, right? Yeah. So, um, and, and just style wise, I, I love how we went away from it, but we're right back on it. But that line, they, they, they're like the three stooges, right? One guy's going east west, one guy's going north south, just blindly. And you have kind of Slavkovsky in the middle spinning around. So it's not doing the Habs any favors, it's not doing Anderson any favors, it's not doing Newhook any favors. And obviously, it's not doing Slavkovsky any favors. But right now, I say you stop treating Slavkovsky as a first overall and just treat him like any other prospect, right? Like you, you just hit the reset button. That's where they have to hey, go. They sent, they, they sent Gooley down one year extra, you know? Yeah. Talk about Mark Bergman and Trevor Timmons. They did it, and that was a smart move to do. Yeah. Are you, are even you, if he was... Are you talking about uh, Caulfield? Even, no, uh, no. Caden uh, Gooley. They actually... I don't even remember them sending him down there. He went back to the OHL, didn't he? Oh, to the OHL. Oh, okay, I thought you meant like Laval. Yeah. yeah. Well, here, and that's the yeah. other part. Look, when we talk about guys... He, he, he was knocking on the door to get into that team... You know, but just they were like, like no, no, no. PK Subban was yeah. at one point. They said, you know what? You're going to go back to the AHL. He went back to the AHL, had a great year, and then won the Norris Trophy a few years later, right? So there's there's just no yeah. valid argument to say that you want to keep him in the lineup, other than you're too proud to admit that there might have been a mistake. All right, so we have Kay here, we have Claire here, and we have Trizak here as well. Um, Trizak mentions, and this is fun too, so Sean Monaghan's been great, and I agree, Newhook on that top line would be fun as well. You have to give Slavkovsky a chance, in my opinion. But um, Trizak mentions here, Dvorak's coming back. Okay, so where does Dvorak slot into this? Do you just toss him in that second line, put Newhook on the first line, call it a day, or what? Yeah, because uh, Rafael Harvey-Pinard went out with that knee injury today, right? Oh, my God. And I you mean, know what? That, it, it, looked, it looked terrible. It looked similar to, to um, Reinbacher's injury, uh, which is an upper body injury. Uh, I can't comment more on that, just so you guys know. What, you said but, upper body? <laughs> yeah. Wait, but okay, cause they, okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's go back to that. That's interesting because they just revised. Reinbacher at first said one to two weeks. Now it's one to four weeks. We're, we're into week three. So there's, there, it's changing his injury. I can, I can, I cannot comment more on that because I only have one source. You tease, you, you dirty, dirty. No, but tease it says you. upper body. If, if you, if, if you read the Colton yeah. statement, it says upper body injury. But I only have one source. Really? And I can't confirm it, so I'm not going to give it away. But it's an upper body injury that I've heard as well. Really? Okay. Because he, he fell awkwardly. It could have been his wrist. And either way, hey, listen. As long as it's not two months, you know. Yeah, <laughs> no complaints there. Rather, rather precaution there, and I think they, you know, messing up Slavkovsky. Going back to that, I think that made it easier to send Brian Barker back to Switzerland. Yeah, so. yeah, absolutely. Um, Habsfan ninety six mentions, you know, yeah, putting Slavkovsky on that top line would be great and all, but then you're kind of 
ruining other lines just to mm -hmm. fit in a chance for Slavkovsky to emerge. So that's a really smart comment there. Are you going to throw off the chemistry for the rest of the team just to kind of, like, there's a square there and they're jamming their circle into it, right? So, yeah, I just don't, uh, as, as Kay says here, I don't know why they can't just admit what they need to do. And, and it's, it's shocking to me because Kent Hughes has no issues admitting when he's wrong. He's a straight shooter, no bullshit. But it seems like they're really, really not willing to uh, take a step back and kind of see this is bad for not just Slavkovsky. It's not good for the morale of the team, right, either. So some prospects... And obviously, it's, 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 it's not good for media exposure either because no matter what you do anywhere else, everyone is going to be talking about this. I will tell you one thing. When I, I was lucky enough, I, I was working with the Habs at the time, and I spent a lot of time with Slavkovsky after the draft. And first of all, very important things. He taught me how to swear in Slovakian. Do pinche. Uh, and I also remember how to say ahoy. That's just hi in Slovakian. Yeah. Him and Philip Mechar were just all smiles, all happiness. And now you look at them, and it's it's a little sad to see that it's kind of drained out of their, you know, they're kind of really getting used to the, the reality. So you don't want to destroy their confidence either. We saw Meshar going back to Laval or to the Kitchener Rangers. Great call. Let's see. Let's talk about other guys that have not been in North America that you've had. There's one guy in particular, Patrick. I know very little yeah. about him. He was injured last year. Philip Erickson. I look at his stat line. Yeah. I'll admit I, I'm doing the hockey DB thing. I'm like, ah, one point, but I heard that there's some potential there. Uh, there's great potential there. Uh, I, I think he's underrated. He was underrated already from from at the draft. Yeah. Um, uh, let's start with that. Uh, he's been. Uh, I know the <laughs> the scout for Vecco Lakers. So, so I spoke to him uh, when I was there watching. Is Erickson it your source practice. on Rhinebacker or what? <laughs> <laughs> no, he's not. <laughs> and it's not Max Bellin either. I could tell you that directly. So so. Now, but Patrick Hall, uh, kindly enough, gave me some insights and pointed out the fact that Ericsson is, a, I mean, like he's he's a clever guy, you know, he, mm -hmm. he's a, he, he's a, he's working the stock market at the moment uh, and, and doing quite a bit of money on it. Uh, so, you know, so hockey's he's, just he's a side hustle or <laughs> yeah, a little bit. It's, it's he has a plan B anyway. Let's let's call it that. <laughs> uh, which is really smart, but uh, you know it also speaks to to the like having an interest outside of hockey. Very important, um, decompressing, uh, and and it's not it's not like me or you going fly fishing, you know, or, or something like that. It's it's he's doing something that you know takes a little bit more of a brain to to work with, uh, and and he shows that on on the ice as well. Um, I think he could be a Kaplan kind of player. Oh, yeah. uh, I don't think he will be a really, uh, really that kind of scorer that we thought Kapanen would be, but uh, yeah, more Vedemo is a, is is another you know one of those defensive stalwart players coming out of Northern Europe. Um, I can see that really, really going for him. Um, the question is if he will be. He has shifted with Victor Stjernborg, oh, um, uh in between center and wing. Yeah. Um, uh, start of the season, he will have a chance to get into the World Junior Championship team, uh, which will be a huge, huge thing for him. Right now, the only one I can see from North America coming in back is is obviously um, a guy named Carlson. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Leo Carlson. I, I think our, uh, I think um, Anaheim will probably let him go. It's a home World World Juniors. 
so they are resting him every now and then. So but should we temper our expectations though? Like, I mean, because some people told me he if actually... he makes the team, I'm really happy with that. Okay. You know? uh, okay. So so it's not like. But I, I spoke to his coach uh, or his uh, his national team coach, and he was like, I can use him anywhere, That's, and I can and use him on the power that. play, yeah, plug and play. Yeah, I can use him on power play. I can use him on the box play. I can use him on five on five. I can use him in defensive uh, tough situations, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And I think that is, you know, he's playing. You know, what is the average? Eleven. 12 minutes a night in SHL. Yeah, I saw a few at like 10, 10, 10 or something. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you know, and it, players are coming back from injuries. Uh, I think he will go back to play under 20s a few games uh, over the season. Okay. And I think he, he'll, he'll probably develop quite a bit. He stayed with a smaller team and a bigger role for a year extra, even if Equal Lakers was really, really targeting him to mm-hmm. get into their, their uh, program. So yeah, no, and I think they really like him. You know, if he if you're injured and played two games or five games or whatever it is, and uh, you're injured for six months, and you still get a contract, a, yeah, a pro that's contract, a good sign. not that's just a, really a junior. Yeah, not just a junior contract, but a pro contract. A pro, yeah, yeah, exactly. That's always a good sign. And then he, you know, he's a Swedish champion as well. He got the he got the medal for playing one. Okay. 10 minutes in the in the playoffs <laughs> it counts it counts he's got the medal i'd be walking around with that medal all the all the i swear to god I, I i almost feel like walking around with my old badminton medals from uh from yeah. high school um okay so we have in the chats really you know and we're gonna keep talking about prospects and we'll get back to this if you have any questions drop them in the chat we'll get to them in the next segment but for now we're talking about prospects um you know he's one of my favorite players i think that he's the one of the most underrated players in the entire system. What we're talking about Lekonen again? Well, you know what? It's funny, but like, yeah, they, 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 they're, they're actually, no, they're very different in their, their approach to the game. But Adam Engstrom skates on velvety, yep. velvety clouds that are filled with, you know, hey. like a silk and, 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 vel- and everything nice. But I'll admit, even though I'm pumping his tires, there's some issues that he has to work through. Obviously decision-making defensive play. What would you say, he, he have you would you say he took any steps forward this year compared to last year yeah for sure yes i mean like uh, and and this is going to be one of the features in in, in my article and, and the podcast that's going up on, on catch it on habseyesontheprize.com yep yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know they uh he, he the problem for regular right now is that they have like seven uh, eight defenders and seven of them are offensive minded ah and and the, the the defensive stalwart and I'm, I hesitate to say this is Davidson that used to play for Habs, you know, wow, or okay. or played thirteen games for Habs, you know. <laughs> so, so, I believe they got so, him uh, in exchange for David Dernay at, at the trade yeah. deadline. I was at Jared's uh, house when they made that trade, if I remember correctly. Yeah, <laughs> but but yeah, incredible to to think about it in that regard. But but you know, like it's it's that is the problem, you know. Uh, and they don't have that. And Adam Engstrom is actually, in my eyes, probably one of the better defensive yeah. defensemen on that lineup. He's taken great steps in regards to to his defensive play. Mm-hmm. He's been uh, used much on his correct side, on his left side. Finally, uh, yeah. So, so I think that's that's also very important. I really, and, and I'm going to pump someone else's tires right now. Max Bullin is probably one of my favorite young coaches in 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 sweden and in europe okay coming up uh they're setting him up for a head coach job in in uh 
in Rugla um, down the line. I'm, I'm quite sure of that, unless another team snags him right off the bat. But uh, it wouldn't surprise me in 10, 15 years' time that he would be one of the Swedish guys in NHL. Maybe not as a head coach, but definitely as an assistant coach. He's He's been with... Detroit last year for for development camp, and he was at development camp this year for for Montreal. It's it's about so, it's you know it's time that we start tapping the European markets, right? It's it's so crazy to me yeah. that in the NHL you keep recycling these same dudes that just got fired over and over, and there's so many qualified women, so many qualified like just in our own backyard, you know, and and mm-hmm. you can just look across the pond to see you know the the, the talented coaches that are there there's one guy that i'll mention and you know the khl has dropped in terms of quality used to be the number two league in the world with a bullet not even close now but i have to say larry onov's work as a coach for torpedo has really impressed me and the reason the reason i say this is because bogdan konyushkov is getting 25 minutes a game 28 minutes not anymore oh no did he did he bring it down no yeah Oh, what, there were some uh, 24? big mistakes defensively, <laughs> so oh. he's on 21 right now. But, oh, okay. but yeah, but I, I mean, mean, like he's still running Siliaev like at, at 22, and he's 17 years old. Like yeah. to me, that's such a departure from the classic KHL coach. Yeah. I love. I, I'm glad that Konyushkov is on his team. I, I think you know, and it's funny. I prepared this a little bit anyway, uh, and I think you need to temper the expectations on Konyushkov. Oh yeah, first and foremost. Uh, you know, and and this goes for everyone because I see it on Twitter and I see it on on comments, etc. Uh, he got it. He can't get out of his KHL deal. We all know that. So so let's leave. Just that sign one an out. extension. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Second, he is the kind of Sundin Pelika, Broberg, Norlander guy. Okay, this is what he is. Okay, and we see how tough it's been for them to adapt to the to NHL. adapt. Yeah, to the time, the lack of time and space. It's true. Yeah, yeah, and and. It works, and even if Russia has um, hybridized and even NHLized on some rinks, it's di- it's a different kind of game. I used to love the fact that you know Russia had that game, uh, the Central European countries and Northern European countries had their kind of, of style, and the North Americans their kind of style, and then the women's game had a completely different style. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I used to love that you know that it could be that diverse. Uh, but when you look at it, and and I've temp- I've had to temper my expectations in regards to what I saw, how difficult it was for Norlander and confidence-wise and, and with Broberg as well, how Edmonton has worked that one. And and we're probably going to see it with, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not f- afraid to say this because I, I thought about it last night and I was like, you know, we might see this with Lane Hudson as well when he comes up. Oh, he's not going to jump gonna in be- and be dominant. Lane Hudson, like, no, no, oh, real quick, saying, um, like, we, Trizak yeah. mentions Konyushkov. Yeah, Konyushkov was an, an overager. What I meant to say there by the 17-year-old is they also have a six-foot-seven, yeah. 17-year-old yeah. on the blue line, um, Slayev, I believe, and um, he's just been so far, like a 17-year-old in the KHL. He's a big mastodon of a person. He's chaotic in the offensive zone. It was just to kind of push the idea that Larionov is not afraid to use his young defenseman. But Patrick, you bring a really great point here, tempering our expectations. If one of Konyushkov or Engstrom lands, the Habs will be doing, or, or, or and we can go beyond that, might you, uh, you know, etc. That mm. will be good news for the Montreal Canadiens. Even, you know, if it ends up just being Jaden Struble, who has been the best defenseman in Laval recently. It's not my it's not Norlinder, it's not William Trudeau. I went on and on about how good Trudeau's been, and he's been terrible ever since. So, um, you know, yeah, you're right. We do have to temper our expectations, but it is nice to see. And 
Yeah, and I think you, you need to consider the kind of player these are. Oh, and, yeah. And, they're they're know, mostly we, chaotic. We, yeah. <laughs> I like and, chaos. And yeah, what, what we, we all do, we, we want the Habs to lose 7-6 uh, this year, you know? <laughs> Pre preferably in an overtime. Uh, yeah, but, no. but, you know... Trizak, you didn't. This uh, is the import. Yeah. Real quick, Trizak, you didn't miss. You do, didn't misunderstand me. I did my classic mumble. I I started mumbling and I and I just kind of trailed <laughs> off there. So don't worry about that. Um, Claire, hi Claire, mentions what's the latest on Mishkov. He went to Sochi and he's doing great. I mean, I don't want to like. It's even worse now, especially that the Canadians are kind of struggling to score. But uh, let's let's be perfectly honest here. Kent Hughes and Jeff Gordon made a huge gamble by not going for a guy like Mishkov. And if it like if Reinbacker doesn't pan out to be a top pairing guy and Mishkov ends up being elite, to me that is cause for firing them. You know what I mean? So I I think though uh, again Mishkov, I was high on Mishkov, and and it's a funny story because when he did his international debut against Sweden mm -hmm. in in the Swedish tournament, he scored a lacrosse type of goal. Yeah, in his first game. And and I was in the stands with Trevor Timmins, Krista Rockstrom, uh, all the other scouts from Europe, and we were all going like, you know, this is a guy that. But on the other hand, you also we, we say jokingly that Montreal is a team of smurfs. How tall is Mishkov? Well, that's the thing. He's he's five foot six or something. He's five nine. Yeah, everybody. Uh... I, I love to watch him. I'm not sure he's going to translate well into the NHL. Fair enough, but you know that. what? You know what, Patrick? That's what a lot of teams said about Cole Caulfield, yeah. and then they avoided yeah, yeah. drafting him, right? So yeah, yeah, it's just, yeah. like. And On I the other hand, I can. I know you're a football fan as well, Matt. Uh, Matt, I've been talking to Matt, <laughs> Matt, Mark, uh, and I remember I think it was Cruyff that said you need the right defender. Absolutely, yeah, no, absolutely, um, because hey, he starts every attack, and if this is, I think, what they went and did with Reinbach. Yeah. They got the player that will start every attack on the first pair. And you know what? I will down say the this. Line. For, we haven't gotten a chance to see Reinbacker very often, but the difference of Kloten with him and without him in the lineup is staggering. Yeah. Stagger like his, his, his defensive pairing, it's a Kellerman, I believe. And yeah. when you take Reinbacker out, Kellerman's got to play 35 minutes and it's just a mess. It's just a mess. So I kind of like the idea of sending a player to Europe because right now, obviously, NL has gone up in terms of quality. And... There's less ticky-tacky stuff. Like, there's less worrying about where your Slavkovsky is going to be. And and the chat brought up a good point. He hasn't earned his spot on the top line. No. So, it, it's a good no, thing. I, I think, go, going back to Reinbacher, you know, like, and, and Kellerman. I, I spoke with Kellerman, obviously, for the top 25 under 25. Oh, yeah? So, that's an episode to, to, to listen to on the train today, Mark. Uh, but, uh, you yeah. Yeah, I got to take the train uh, in, like, uh, in about four hours. Yeah. Yeah. But, but also... Um, I think that Reinbacher is on the verge of coming back because uh, uh, um, Rugler just got uh, the uh, the Swedish defender that wasn't caught in, in return. Oh, okay. So, so you know. Oh, and uh, Kloten, but didn't Kloten sign also Nathan Beaulieu like last week or something? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, but I think I, I that's I, a bad I, sign I for Reinbacher, no. <laughs> well, it's the Kloten Canadians, as I joked on Twitter, but but it's. Uh, uh it's it's i i think you know like it's a different kind of player yeah. who is that they want to use him offensively mm -hmm. as well mm -hmm. and that is what uh, i forgot his name and i should speak to him in about two days so you know uh, <laughs> but the swedish the swedish defender and and i think this is you know important Engstrom? going forward <laughs> now the um angstrom's new teammate 
Oh, fair enough. Uh, um, okay. Well, hey, listen, and, and we're gonna probably wrap this up fairly soon because again, it's it, yeah. you got to go to work. You got to make sure you're, and you don't want to. No, wake up I'm here. I'm I'm off this week. Oh well, there you go. I got to go visit my yeah. godson in Smith Falls, Ontario. I do thank everyone uh, for joining us. If you can like the chat, we really appreciate it. There's one guy I want to talk about because you and I have both been kind of weary for saying that he's going to be a top end guy and it's, that's Oliver Kapanen um it's to me I just don't see the offense like I know defensively he's good but how many good defensive guys can you bring in that can't score you know what I mean like to me I'll be honest he's a better skater he's more agile but he kind of fits the Jacob De La Rose mold where you're not going to get mm. any offense from him right so He's had a surge lately. What's what's your call on Oliver Kapanen? Because I don't want to say it's like they still have what two years before they sign him. It's just yeah, and he's th- still so young. I that- mean, like his birthday is in July if yeah. I, or August, if I remember correctly. So am I panicking uh, too much? Is that it? No, I think I think you know first and foremost, Kalpa is uh, doing a Kalpa thing, so they're always you know mid yeah. mid to lower end of the table. Very rarely they're high. Yeah. So he doesn't get the he doesn't get the free points. Mm-hmm. You know, um, he reads the game well. He skates well. He's defensive stalwart, oh, yeah. as always. You know, smart player. In but that that, regard. see, Patrick, that's the he's way to not out. excite a Habs yeah. fan when you say like, "Oh, he's yeah. really good I defensively." Know. And like... <laughs> I, I, I saw him after he was drafted uh, in in that under twenty tournament in in Engelholm, where we watched Mitchkov on the screen, and and uh, I, I told Timmins and uh, Rockstrom because we were standing there talking about Kappen, and I said he squeezes his stick too 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 hard. And he still does that. It's funny because I—he's I, a guy that I think has all the tools. It's just he just lacks. He, the, he, he has he, he has a great shot. Yeah, but he just he lacks the offensive it. instincts. It's really weird. Yeah. It's really weird how he doesn't put it all together. I, and, and I don't I want to bash that, him, but know, eventually you got to see some offense, right? Yeah, and 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 I think you know he scores in batches or a ketchup effect, as I think you like to call it. You know, you squeeze and then oh. nothing happens, and then suddenly everything comes out in one well, go. And that's yeah. He went what six games without? Then he had four games where he was good. Now three games without. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And and I think it's it's that thing that you know he lacks the confidence. It's not that he lacks the offensive drive, maybe, but it's that he's so dependent on the confidence mm-hmm. that. It doesn't come natural. And, you know, everyone knows that, you know, when you start thinking about how to drive your car, you're not going to drive it very well. No. If no, you shift, absolutely. if you start thinking about when to shift your gears on, on your bike, you're not going to shift at the correct time and you're going to yeah. drop momentum. Uh, that's for us normal people. These are ice hockey players that play on a, you know. No, but you're right. As soon as they game. overthink, that's when things yeah. go wrong. And, and I mean, not to bring it back, but that's what's happening right now. With yeah. a guy they call your with, with some players, yeah, you know, yeah. Um, Bernardo Sunye. I believe, sorry, I apologize if I if I um, if I misspelled that or if I mispronounced it. Mentions how sad is it that Hudson might be the best player in that draft? Well, I think if you would go back and make Lane Hudson your 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 first overall pick and your Slavkovsky your late in the second round pick. Everybody would be fine with it. You know what I mean with how it <laughs> how it panned out. <laughs> I, 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 I know. I, oh, and there's Owen Beck too. I, He's, he wasn't bad either. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I remember saying this at the draft. They picked Meshar in the first round in order to be able to control his destiny. Yeah. It was so clear they did that. Mm-hmm. And they were betting on two picks later that they could get Owen Beck at that point. Yeah. And it was a two or three picks. I don't know. I don't remember. Yeah, but, it, was, but, uh, you know, it was 26 it to, was very... to 33, I think. So, yeah. Yeah, because Toronto so, and, was be, was between them, and they were he, they were gonna maybe yeah. pick Beck, but they traded it 
for Patrick Marlowe's contract or something yeah. like that. Yeah. yeah. Or Mrazek. And and yeah. And and that is the reason they they picked Mashar. And I think it was smart. I know uh Rugley was in on Mashar last year. Uh I can tell that for oh, sure yeah. now. Oh, yeah. I have it from th two different three different sources, one mm -hmm. of them being the Rugless GM, so I think that's pretty safe. Yeah. Uh I know Brinas was in, and Brinas would have been a terrible team last year because <laughs> he they, they they obviously were relegated from the SHL. But again, I had that from two different sources. Hmm. Uh, so so, but I think it was smart to to maybe send him to the OHL. I know uh, Scott McGilligan is was was very happy with his development there. And, uh, it's better this year because the Kitchener is no longer a mess. Now last year Kitchener was an absolute mess, and you don't want to throw him back in there, but. Uh, the, in the same manner that they kind of decided it doesn't matter what it looks like, we're sending them back to the OHL. They have to make that decision mm. with uh, yeah. his Slovakian counterpart. Hey, listen, we're yeah. going to wrap up because, again, I, 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 it's, it's, it's a late night for me. I got to get packed and in, into Ontario. Um, but I do appreciate everyone joining. If you could like it, like the chat, we'd appreciate that. Trizak has a pretty good question here. Is any prospect that we don't need to temper our expectations for? I would say Joshua Roy really fits that model. Um, well, M Matt needs to taper his expectations yeah, well, on Roy, Matt, yeah. but the rest of us can raise some of the... <laughs> right? But uh, no, I mean, you're, you have guys like Joshua Roy and Jacob Fowler has been off to a fantastic start to his, uh, his, his NCAA career. When you watch Jacob Fowler like safe pucks he looks so boring and that's a really good sign so uh the, the issue is there's really not a lot of top end talent okay and that's why people always talk about mishkov etc um and i think that's why jeff gordon mentioned it at the draft right so i would say oh and lane hudson as uh palm strikes mentions we don't have to temper the expectations but what i would say is as you mentioned earlier it might not be the most seamless transition into the nhl it, yeah. you know it's going to take the right partner and it's going to take the right setting. But yeah, Lane Hudson. And make sure that he 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 has the right to to fail. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. And, and but the thing with Lane Hudson is that you've like these are unheard of numbers. And mm -hmm. when you watch him play, it's clearly still very raw. So when Adam Nicholas really gets to get put his hands in that clay, mm -hmm. um yeah, I think he'll be able to, to to make some nice pottery from that. Okay, I think we're going to wrap it up right now because uh, everyone's been very patient with us. It's almost 2 here. What time is it there? It's about 7 o'clock there? Uh, 6.30. Okay. Well, hopefully you didn't uh, wake up your uh, beautiful wife. But uh, where can we find you, Patrick? Well, you find me... Uh, well, I'm, I'm, I'm like everyone else. I've started to, to dislocate from, from that ex thingy. You know, you should never keep your exes around. Uh, <laughs> but... But uh, yeah, so you find me all over at Eyes on the Price mostly, um, and uh, otherwise I'm on I'm, I'm on Twitter at steps underscore Habs. But always yeah, a good follow. How, how, oh, how, how, how long I'll be there? That's well, another question. We'll see if you last as long as Slavkovsky lasted in Montreal. But no, <laughs> hey, listen, I'm telling everyone that you can make sure that um, you go see, uh, go check out his his Twitter account because. Patrick gives us the inside information that then I turn around and I, I, I pretend to be smart about, right? So, uh, yeah, it's a, uh, listen, I, I, you I know, there is this, there is this old saying, you know, like a, a, a good writer borrows, a great writer steals. There so, you go. You know. Absolutely. Yeah. There <laughs> That's you go. what we all do. <laughs> I appreciate that. And again, thank you so much. Bye, Claire. Bye, Kay. I won't be here on Saturday. It will be Andrew Berkshire. So he just went, he's back from Alberta. I'm going to Ontario. But there will be someone in Quebec to greet you all 
on Saturday. So once again, thank you so much. Thank you, Patrick, one of my favorite people in the world. Thank you to everyone in the chat, and we will can, see. Can I get an early game next time? We No, no, absolutely <laughs> not. You're getting the 11 o'clock next time. We're going to push it. We're going <laughs> to... You know, it's funny because this year I'm watching a lot more Swiss League and I'm realizing, man, I have no time to sleep now. Like, it's during the day, then the night. But, uh, hey, we can sleep when we're dead, right? On behalf of everyone at SDPN, we appreciate all of you. See you soon. Yeah!